broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, DeMond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I am here in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine in the Indiana Convention Center. And when you're on the road sometimes, you have a little technical difficulties. So we had a little technical difficulties to close out hour number one, but that's okay. We're back better than ever. As of right now, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that there's smooth sailing the rest of the show, but just kind of bear with us, and we do apologize for any technical difficulties that we may experience in between now and then. But through the question out there uh, before we got rudely interrupted, what position group intrigues you the most when it comes to the combine? Any drills that you're a big fan of, let us know about a 69187 keyword R&R and also our don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187 keyword R&R. This one from the 707, I like watching the DBs do the change of direction drill so you can see their back pedal hip flip and how well they can high point the ball. I think Christian Gonzalez is going to absolutely kill it in the 40 in the drills. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's this good, obviously, but his smoothness and technique remind me of Darrell Rivas. There you go. Uh, high compliments right there from 707. And it's funny, we talked to Christian Gonzalez earlier today, and Darrell Rivas was the defensive back that he looked up to the most. Matter of fact, you'll hear that in just a few minutes. Jim from Yonkers said, Q, the linebacker group. I really uh, can't remember the last linebacker we drafted that had a great career. As for quarterback Richardson, he seems like he needs seasoning, but sounds like he has the highest ceiling. Don't know if McDaniels could coach him up. Maybe that is why they brought in Turner. One quarterback always drops every draft. I would trade down and get another pick or two, but Batman, who just came out of the dark, could change everything. Thanks for a great show. That's Jim and Yonkers. And, and I think that, that ship has sailed, I do believe, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I could be completely wrong, but just the gut feeling I've had, and it's so funny. Sometimes we'll get texts and be like, oh, you guys changed your mind or you guys flip-flopped or something like that. Look, I'm just going off of the, the, the information that I bring to the show and the opinion I bring to the show is based off of what I hear and what I feel. And from what we've been hearing from people that matter, like Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Champ Kelly, I don't feel like that these guys are going to go out of their way to make some big splash play or a splash move like going and grabbing Aaron Rodgers. I wish they would. I really do. I would like to see them make a move, but I realize that the, giving up the draft capital is a lot, and it's a lot of money. So for everybody who says and argues and says, no, you shouldn't do it, it's for those reasons right there. So I get that. Uh, but, again, for me being selfish and just wanting to see uh, some great football between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, yeah. I, and, and not just those two, the rest of the team, I would love to see it. But, again, I just don't think it's going to happen. I believe that they're going to try to draft someone and develop them, and it might not be their guy this year. And that's, that's not my words. That's Josh McDaniels. You know, they, he said that they're going to add multiple quarterbacks this offseason. So I'm sure that that means re-signing Jared Stidham. I'm sure that means drafting somebody, if it's in the first round at number seven or, or anywhere, no matter who knows when they pick, or later on in the draft. I, I definitely believe there will be at least two quarterbacks uh, added by the time the draft is over uh, at the end of April. And the other thing... They could trade up for a quarterback. I got that sense, too, that Dave Ziegler wouldn't have a problem going from seven to maybe five, seven to five or seven to four if that player was available. I, I got that sense, but going up to one, he, he wouldn't do. Uh, there's the reason I asked in that little sit-down that we had with Dave Ziegler about giving up draft capital for next year, and he said, well, if it was – he didn't want to put an absolute on it, but he just basically said, 
you know, if that player is is that much worth it, then yeah, but that's a lot of a lot of draft capital to give up and and to go all the way up to one, it would take like three first round picks, and that's not that's not a that's not something that he's going to want to do. So there's that. We'll see how it all shakes out, you know. But uh, my my gut feeling is that you're going to see uh, some veteran added, uh, either a Jarrett Stidham uh, or someone else from outside of the building and then they're going to draft a rookie and hope that they can develop him and that they could be the guy that they want him to be if not they're going to go up and do it again it's that simple 702-365-9200 who we got up Demond? Raider X Raider X welcome to the show what's on your mind brother hey Q and Demond. thank you so much for all this content uh, I don't know if uh, if uh, you know it's just the, the growth of the media or in this post you know, pandemic era but uh, there just seems to be just so much more information, so much great insight. And then these young men that are coming out there, it just looks like so many foundational pieces are available. Listen to them talk at the podium and then watching a lot of the, the stuff that you're providing, all that insight and breakdown. It just makes it seem like you're a kid in the candy store. And I just think that uh, it's a huge moment for the Raiders and then this brain trust. I mean, listening to some of the guys speak, you know, listen to Josh McDaniels, Ziegler, and then listening uh, this morning on your podcast to Champ Kelly. I mean, it, it's exciting. This is the time to truly, you know, be a Raiders fan because it looks like we're really in the, in the place to put all those pieces in place. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really for, you know, them ground, going out there and grounding some framework for at least the next four to five years at the, at the least because you can grab, you know, these yeah. guys. I said, obviously, the first round and then on – you know, for four years at the minimum on the cheap. And then, you know, you got to think about, just like the other caller talked about, you know, we go to last year's draft or next year's draft. You know, uh, last year in the first round, you know, you probably, let's say, would, would any of these quarterbacks be in that first round, the top five, you know, quarterbacks? I don't know. And then let's think about next next right. year. I mean, next year might be the, the year that we go out and, 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 and aim high, maybe trade up. And you know, and, and go right. all go all in for that that quarterback. And maybe this year, you know, they roll the dice and they just go out and build a heck of a foundation. Them tight ends look sweet. Those linebackers, those mm-hmm. you know, those linemen. Oh my gosh! I mean, you can build yourself <laughs> a mean foundation. And like you always talked about, it's not about hitting and then going dormant for five years. It's about every year being right. part of the conversation. Every year, are they going to do it? Is this the year they go to the bowl? Because we, because we always talk in that P. That should be common, you know, language. That P word should never be, you know, ah, should we, should we not? No, it's expected. We are going there, and if we right. don't reach that at the minimum, we failed. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for the call. We do appreciate you. And yeah, the thing about it is, man, these players, it's just like everything, right? Everything evolves. So just like technology that allows us to be here in Indy and do a show, uh, even though it, you know, it messes up every once in a while, but that allows us to be able to do this uh, basically from anywhere. It's just the same thing with these players. Like all their training, all the equipment, you know, everything that they're going, their nutrition, uh, their coaching, everything. You know, it's like everything evolves. So uh, when you're seeing these guys, these are – I mean, these are absolute monsters that are out there. They've been walking around the convention center before they headed over to the stadium and just seeing these guys, and you're like, wow. I mean, sometimes, you, like, I don't want to stare because I, it looks weird, but, I mean, they're so big and, and massive. You're just like, man, I, I knew that was a big dude from what I saw on Saturdays, but you see him up close and personal, and you're like, yeah, okay, that is a big, big dude. You know, when we had Brad, and he was talking about uh, Tyree Wilson and his, uh, his wingspan, I mean, he's talking about the Greek freak, Giannis. 
right? And he said his wingspan is like two inches shorter than his. And we all know about Giannis. We know what we know what, how long his wingspan is. I mean, could you imagine this? And I, I I talked about it on the podcast a little bit. Could you imagine Tyree Wilson on one side and Max Crosby on the other side? They already call Max Crosby the Condor. Could you imagine the wingspan of Tyree Wilson and Max Crosby? I mean, guys ain't getting around those dudes. You have to run a country mile to get around the, the wingspan of those cats. You know, that would that would be a hell of a thing. And I, I'm really interested and intrigued by Tyree Wilson to see where he goes. Like, does he go up a little bit because of the Jalen Carter situation? Does he kind of stay where he was expected to go, around three, four, five, or in, in that range? What's what's the scenario? You know, are teams trading up to go get quarterbacks? If they do, does that mean a defensive player drops? I I'll tell you right now, I would not have any problem with the Raiders, uh, you know, getting the best defensive player there. If they weren't 100% sold on the quarterback, you know, like like Mark Ross when he joined us said, you know, don't just force yourself to get one because you feel like you need to go get one. Uh, if they're not 100% sold on the quarterback, I wouldn't have a problem with them going and getting the best defensive player because as Raider X has said and Robert and San Jose have said, there's holes on the team. You've got to build it anyway, right? And those guys, after talking to them this week, it sounds like they're very committed to doing just that. Not a quick fix, not a Band-Aid, not masking tape, but trying to actually fix it. And I know we've heard that a thousand times from every coach, every GM that's gone through the doors uh, of the silver and black, but uh, these guys sound the part that they absolutely know what they're doing. I, I, I want to say I have confidence in them and faith in them, but I also want to see it, right? I mean, it just like I said, it sounds like they have a, a great plan and they're ready to, to go and make it happen, but they've got to go out there and prove it, right? I could talk about it all day long so I'm blue in the face, but until they actually go out there and prove it, then none of us really know. But, again, it sounds like it and it feels like it. it's headed in the right direction. We'll go ahead and take one more call. Demond, who we got up? Robert in Portland. Robert in Portland, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Well, uh, to uh – Wilson, by the way, has been rated as high as 12 on the overall draft, you know, as far as leading guys in all positions. So he's way up there. Great choice. My question to you is more pertinent to But the fact that he's in this this ridiculous situation, do do you think if he could drop down to three or four uh, for whatever reason, do you think because they haven't had a a Darren Russell type forever – and, and, you know, and Chester McLaughlin, I can go on and on from my days in Oakland. But the bottom line is, I think Carter, I've been telling you all along, quarterback next year, that's the draft for quarterbacks, incredible draft for quarterbacks. But this year, I say try to get a real solution, you know, in the middle, up front, because you got to think about the future. But would you trust Carter if you could get in, like, three or four, if, even if you had to trade up and, you know, and get yeah. rid of a second? Um, good call. Thank you for and, and I love the talent of Jalen Carter. Without any off the off the field situations, yeah, I would I would definitely trust him to be the man. Just because, well, he was the man at Georgia. But I just don't know. And maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm being scary. And and if that's the case, that's fine, right? I just don't. I don't think with what's going on with the Raiders and obviously the Henry's rug situation, I just don't think that they that the optics of that just don't. To me, I don't think it would sit right. I could be Demond. What, I mean, what do you think? I, I I have no problem saying I don't think that they're they're in a position where they could draft him just because of what happened, the way it happened, and how it's just there's too many similarities. I know they're not exactly the same, but I just I don't know, man. It just to me it 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 doesn't it doesn't feel like that that's a good situation for them. And I know that there's plenty of time. The good thing for him, it's only March second. The draft isn't until the end of April. 
Yeah, we're, we're, I like how you said that because there are, there's more time. We can know more in a month and a half mm-hmm. about this situation because, right. um, as Brad said earlier, they are two misdemeanors. And something that I also think that, that goes into play here, let's say if all four quarterbacks were taken before the Raiders were to pick at seven, and not that they couldn't pass on them because what you said, the optics of it, it would be totally reasonable where if this organization said, hey, we just, hey, man, you're a great you're a great young man, but it's not you personally. It's just the situation that we've been through before. It would right. totally make sense. But in the NFL, I don't right. think that you, that much that much thought process would be put on to, hey, we'll, if you're here, Jalen Carter's here, we'll just take Tyree Wilson instead just because of the optics. If you think right. if they think that he's the best player, I do think that they will draft him. And that and it, and it and it doesn't make anyone in the front office a bad person. It doesn't no. mean that anybody because I know that sometimes where it's oh they're putting they're putting it first. But yes, you know, think about it as a job first and a profession yep. where they're, they're, you're hiring the best person for the job. Right. And look, and like I said, I could be absolutely 100% wrong. They might look at it and say, look, he ain't charged with nothing. He didn't, you know, get busted with nothing. It was a misdemeanor. Like you said, he went back to Georgia. To his credit, I want to really give him a lot of props. I hope everyone hears me. I want to give him props. He went immediately back when the arrest warrant was put out there for him, went to Georgia, uh, took care of it, turned himself in, paid $4,000, bonded out, and came back, came back to the combine to talk to teams. So, you know what questions he's being peppered with? Uh, someone hit me up on Twitter yesterday was going back and forth talking about, oh, the media just wants to talk to him, uh, you know, talk to that guy. They're waiting around his podium just for the sport of it. And I'm like, no, it's our job. Like, it's our job to ask about it. And the teams are going to ask him about the situation because he, ma- he's, he made up multiple stories. So, okay, you know, he's a young man. You know, people panic and make bad decisions and, 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 and lie about him. I mean, his bottom line is what he did. So he has to face the music, tell the teams why he did it, and – you know, I give him a lot of credit for returning here. He could have said, you know what, I'll see you in Georgia at my pro day, this, that, and the other. But he's out there right now. He's not out there working out, but he's out there supporting his, his defensive line group. I think that's a big deal. I really do. And there's all these teams here represented. And guess what? Every one of them that's going to meet with him and talk to him is going to ask him the situation about what happened in January when his teammate and a staffer there at Georgia ultimately lost their life. And and ultimately, it goes on that team. Do you want to take what you perceive to be a risk? Is the I hate this phrase, but is the risk worth the reward when it right. comes to if you were going to draft Jalen Carter? And I think at this point, if you're sitting in the first round, yes, it is. You remember, we all remember. I know this is obviously not as serious, but Lermy Tunsil. Right. And then you get that situation yeah. where, hey, man, he's number one. Everybody's got him mock number one, and then he falls to seven. Not that big of a drop. But And was he worth the number one pick overall anyways? Maybe not. But it just goes to show that teams, they can be scared off of these things, but he has had an okay career so far where if you think that this player in your heart of hearts, if you're just like, hey, this guy's going to be a starter, we've got him pegged to be an all-pro, I wouldn't let a misdemeanor stop me from drafting that player. Right. No, I got you. I got you. Uh, Let's see. This one text from the 915Q. If Jalen Carter is there at 7, you take him. Kid was involved in an unfortunate situation. He went back, faced it, and ready to move on. But no way you pass up on a generational talent. That's from El Paso Raider. If an AFC West team gets Carter, I'll be heated. Fair enough. That's fine. Like I said, I could be wrong. That's the thing about it. I never have any problem letting you know I could be wrong. I'm just giving you my feelings from, I think, you know, I don't want to say PR point of view, but... You know, there's, there's, there, there would definitely be some backlash. Now, you, as long as you're an organization and you're, you're okay with it, like, hey, we'll just deal with it, then, then go for it. But there could I also just, be some plans put into place where, yeah. hey, we'll make sure on the weekends, like a designated driver for him, 
or they could take some steps to maybe try to um, alleviate some of the concerns of the community if you were to draft him. I'm not saying it would, like, appease everybody, but there right. could be some things that they could put into place. Hey, we drafted Jalen Carter. We know, sure. the, we know the situation. Not going to make everybody happy, but there could be some things to try to smooth this over, you know, like make it a better sell to the community or the people who would have those objections. And maybe they wouldn't have to do it at all. Maybe they just wouldn't care. Maybe they'd just say, you know what? I think it's all right. I think he's a good guy, made a bad uh, decision, and he's going to be okay. And as long as they're comfortable with their decision, that's all that matters at the end of the day is if they're comfortable with their decision. It ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's not about anyone else. It's about them being comfortable with the decisions that they make. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Again, the best thing is that he returned. He's talking to teams now. He's here supporting his defensive line, and it's only March 2nd, and he's got all the way to the end of April. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we had a, a texter say that they, wanna, uh, that they wanted to see the defensive backs, and they were excited about that. Well, you'll hear from one of the defensive backs that's going to go very high in the draft, Christian Gonzalez. You'll hear from him next. It's Ray Nish Radio 920. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 321 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Demond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine at Indiana Convention Center. And the defensive backs, they were at the podium earlier today. And, of course, the Raiders need secondary help. They need linebacker help. They need defensive line help. They need safety help. They need defense. Let's put it like that. One of the guys that is expected to go very high in the upcoming draft is Christian Gonzalez. He's a guy out of Oregon. Uh, he's a guy from Texas. He's he's he's, he's actually been a, uh, all around the place. He's been all around. Uh, he's got a hell of a story. But here's Christian Gonzalez at the podium from earlier this morning. Three years ago, you're 326 overall, 46 player in Texas. Now you're a projected first rounder, possible top 10. How'd you do it? You know, just continuous work, you know, never never giving up. Just keep going, you know, keeping my head on straight and, you know, a lot of support. It was great, and, and I'm just ready to get to, to get going. What would being the first corner to come off the board, first or second, what would that mean to you? I mean, it, it means it mean everything, you know. That's what I strive for my whole life, you know. All, all I've worked for, you know, is here, so I'm, I'm excited to get going. What has this draft process been like? What kind of, uh, how many teams have you been talking to? It's been it's been a lot, you know. It's it's been fun. I've been enjoying it, you know. Uh, just soaking in every moment. It's it's surreal, you know. It's here, so you know, talking to a lot of teams and it's like I said, it's it's a lot of fun. What's the NFL team getting in you? Yeah, some what they're getting is you know just someone that's gonna be their best every day. You know, come out and uh, be able to do multiple things from different positions and. Someone that's just, like I said, going to work every day and, and, and bring a lot to the team. Uh, Taylor, what, what, what goes through your mind when you're about your mind up, uh, you know, like a day in the country? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot goes into it. You know, a lot of film study. Uh, just starting from from the, the smallest things to, to find out how I can get an advantage on the receiver, you know, then, then just going out there and, and you know, just – Going out there with confidence and, and knowing, trusting my technique and doing what I do, and you know, it's, it's a it, a lot goes into it, and it, it start all start from film study. Yeah, what what I feel like I improved on, you know, uh, everybody was asking if I had ball skills, and you know, I went out and showed. Uh, I'm 
got the ball skills that I trusted in and, and I knew I had that my whole life, but you know, I just had to go make the plays. How important would it be for you to have a coach at the next level that allows you to kind of utilize style you like to play, not necessarily cram you in the Right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to play for any type of coach, you know, just just somebody that, you know, is going to go out there and, and, and trust me, and, and I'm going to trust them to, to get me better and, you know, just get to work for them. Christian, describe your uh, mentality on the field, especially like with a one-on-one matchup, and what did it mean to see a player like Sauce be so successful in his first year for you? Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, just... The, like kind of goes back to what I was saying, you know, it's all confidence, you know, playing this position, you know, you, you're out there on the island by yourself and, and, you know, that's what I live for, you know, big matchups. Anytime I, I get to go up against a, a great receiver, you know, week in, week out, that's my favorite thing to do. And, you know, watching Sauce and, and, and those rookies, you know, it's it's great to, to go through that, you know, because they're tall, long, kind of lengthy corners and I'm just like them. So, you know, the, the fact that they can do it, I know I can go in there and do it as well. Christian, if there's one or two plays from your... Oh. Uh, you know, David, you know, uh, as my guy, you know, I, I talk to him all the time, you know, all good things, you know, he, he's telling me great things and, you know, uh, he's just telling me just to go in, you know, be yourself and, and, and the right things going to come. Yeah, the, the biggest thing, you know, is it's just, it's, it's a new level, it's the highest level, you know, the, it's, it's a new speed, it's, it's everything. Uh, even more film study. It's just whatever you did in college, you know, you gotta, you gotta up it even more. It's, it's, it's the big man league now. So I'm really excited to, to see how this goes. Chris, do you talk about film study? One or two plays from your collegiate career that you'd want to show NFL teams that typify you as a player. One or two plays from your college career that really stood out to you in your head. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a play. My uh, playing Stanford. You know, I was a. Uh, did a lot of film study, knew that when they, they put certain feet up, uh, they would run a certain route. And there was a play where, where I noticed they, they flipped, he kind of flipped mid, mid route or mid stance and, uh, you know, went up and, and made the made the play. That interception? The PBU. PBU. Yeah. So what do you think separates you from the other corners in this class? What do you think separates you from the other corners? Yeah, uh, what I think is, you know, I'm a, I'm a long, speedy, uh, versatile uh, corner, you know, somebody that can uh, line up on the outside, you know, guard a 6'5 receiver and, and line up inside and, and guard a 5'10 speedy uh, type receiver, you know, being able to to, to be a smart player, uh, learn very quickly, and uh, just being able to, to change uh, any type of way of versus who I'm going against. Christian, are there any other Colombian football players? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I... I it means I, a whole I, different thing down yeah, there, doesn't know, it's, it? It's... It's, it's not a very big sport down there. You know, they, 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 they grow up really playing soccer, basketball, those type of sports. But, you know, it's, it's been great being able to, to you know, put on for, for Columbia and uh, put on for my heritage. So I'm excited. Who is your toughest matchup in college and who are you most looking forward to covering the NFL? Yeah, my touch, toughest matchup, I'll say, uh, you know, Drake London, uh, my sophomore year uh, at Colorado. Uh, you know, he was a great receiver. Uh, he made plays. I made a couple plays. But, you know, he got the best of me. And, you know, that's, that's, that's one receiver I, I feel like, you know, I can, uh, he, 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 he's taught me a lot, you know, just going against him and I'll prosper him. And, and I'm excited to, like I said, last question, just get in there and go against all the receivers. What about some of those battles you had with Marvin? Yeah, Marvin, that's my dude. Uh, 
you know, I had we had a, we went back and forth, you know, junior and uh, senior year. You know, uh, that really prepared me a, a lot for you know college, uh, going up against him, following him around. You know, him making plays, me making plays, and, and going back and forth, you know, is a great thing. You know, Texas football is, is huge. Uh, that's what we do down there, you know. It's it's different down there. So, yeah. What was that senior year game like where both of you had, like, 150 yards receiving and two touchdowns, and how much did you guard him in that game? Yeah, that game I was I was on him almost every every snap, uh, you know, following him around, playing both ways. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know. Uh, got a lot of mutual respect for each other. You know, we talked to each other from the same area, you know, uh, uh, haven't seen him around yet, but, you know, we'll, we'll run into each other, you know, it was, it was great, you know, just doing what we do, what we love, and, and being able to do it together, and then meeting back up here again is, is, is full circle, it's great. Christian Gonzalez right there at the podium earlier today, one of the defensive backs that was there featured, and uh, he's a guy, man, he's a guy that can go, right? He's got length, uh, he's got the size, he's got the speed, the quickness, uh, he likes that man the man coverage. Uh, you know, that's the thing about it, man, you know Patrick Graham wants guys that can that can go and play that man-to-man coverage. So those are guys that I'm looking for, the, the traits that they have that press coverage where they could be physical at the line of scrimmage. You know, that's ideally which, what Patrick Graham would like to see uh, the Raiders do more times than not. He just doesn't have the guys that do it. And you saw the impact that Nate Hobbs had when he came back from his injury uh, against the Chargers in 2022, uh, that game at Allegiant Stadium, and he was out there and he was real physical at the line of scrimmage, and that really helped the Raiders' defense in a major way. The uh, problem with Nate Hobbs is that he got injured, and multiple times he got injured, and he's got to have to find a way to stay healthy in 2023. I think he broke his hand twice in 2022. And it's just got to be he, he's got to he's got to be available. We say it all the time. It's a, you know the most frustrating statement when you're talking about sports. The best ability is availability, but it's facts. <laughs> it is absolute facts. Nobody likes it, but it's the truth. If you're if you're not available, you're doing the team no justice. One quick text, and we'll take a break. Mailman Raider said, "Yo, Q, is it frustrating trying to get a question in and then being interrupted by somebody else asking a question?" LOL. I don't know if I'd have the patience. I'd go hyphy on somebody. Again, that's from the Mailman Raider, and uh, it could be frustrating at times. Not really, you know. For the most part, I mean, everyone's just trying to do what they're trying to do, and some people are, you know, like for Christian Gonzalez. Maybe some people were there from Oregon. Maybe some people were there from Texas, from his high school. Uh, maybe some people are there, like me, you know that are thinking maybe he's a fit with the Raiders or just kind of want to talk to him to see what the guy is all about and, you know, what, what what he has to say. So, I mean, there's, like, so many different um, reasons and objectives for when people are out there. You just really never know. And some questions, and Devon, you said it uh, during during that session while we were listening. You're like, oh, that was a really good question. And that was a really dumb question. <laughs> so it happens. So Yeah, it happens that. real quick at the Super Bowl. Charles Woodson, you know, I was trying to get a couple of sound bites from Charles Woodson. And the the same guy asked about three Packer questions in a row, and I had to, hey, somebody's got to step in here. Somebody's <laughs> got to do something about this. <laughs> That's the only time it does get a little annoying when like where the same person's got like three or four in. It's like oh, okay now. Were they Vinny it up? Yeah, Vinny's yeah, good at that. Yeah. Vinny's really good at that. Joshua Daniels said that earlier uh, this week, as a matter of fact, when we talked to him in the hallway. Uh, Vinny started out asking a question, then he followed up real quick, and then he followed up with a third one, and Joshua Daniels said, oh, man, it's like a media session. And it's so funny. I don't know how Vinny got grandfathered into that, but even when we're at the facility, it's like he's. it's almost like – we don't go until Vinny goes. All right, hold on. We know Vinny's got some, like a, a, a lineup of questions, so go ahead and get him out, Vinny. And then he'll ask, and then he'll ask, and then he'll ask, and then someone will have to jump in. Sometimes Paul will jump in. Sometimes I'll jump in. Vic, I mean, whoever, Tashawn, you know, but it's just Hondo. I mean, it's just it's funny, man. It's just, it, it's, it's just kind of one of those things when there's no 
there's no order to go. You just kind of you just got to fend for yourself and do what you do. So uh, it's not really frustrating. It's more, I don't know, maybe it's the weirdo in me, but it's actually kind of a, 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 a not a thrill, but it's kind of part of the, the drive to even go and, and be a part of it because you know that it's going to be challenging. That's it. It's, it's, a, it's a fun challenge to try to, uh, you know, to, try to achieve. So uh, there's that. Thank you for that text, Mailman Raider. We do appreciate you. 331 is the time. We'll come back, get some calls, get some texts, and you'll hear from another defensive back, a guy that I'm really very intrigued by. That's Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. He knows Nate Hobbs. I actually asked him about that. You'll hear from him next as well. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Nolan Smith from Georgia continues his assault on the Scouting Combine. He is absolutely slapping the mess out of the Combine. Whatever he does... He does well. He ran official, an official 4.3940 and a 41 and a half vertical jump. 4.39 at six foot two and a half and 240 pounds. 4.39 defensive lineman. They had the little simulcast, and I saw this on Twitter. They did the simulcast with Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, and Nolan Smith ran faster than both of those guys. Those are wide receivers. He's a defensive lineman. <laughs> the dude is absolutely killing the combine. And I'll tell you right now, and this is dangerous. This is a dangerous method. I'm, I'm playing with fire here, DeMond. I'm really liking Nolan Smith. <laughs> From yesterday, and I know he was a good player, a really good player, that probably could have gone in the draft last year if he wanted to. He came back, got hurt, tore his peck, but he is out there killing it. He is absolutely out there just destroying the combine, and you know that he could play. I'm so intrigued on where he's going to go. And with his attitude and his approach to things, he is a guy, he is one of those guys that you want in the locker room. Like Max Crosby said on the Pivot Podcast, and he's told me many times, we need dogs. That, I know he went to Georgia, so he is a dog, but he is definitely a dog. Speaking of dogs, how about we go to the phone lines real quick, talk to our guy Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. Hey, Q and Devon, thank you for taking my call. What's um, up, man? I, I, I heard your question, and here's my quick answer. I have a little bit to say after that, but here's the quick okay. answer. My favorite part of the of the draft is actually the player evals by the coaching staff because we know that they can play. They're the top 1% of the top 1% of the nation for a reason. Those guys can play ball. But how smart are they at playing ball? How do they play ball? What is their technique in playing ball? That's my big part. How do they fit into what we want to do as an organization? Do we want bullies? Do we want smart guys? All that is determined by the evaluations that are done by the coaching staff who knows what they're looking for in their mentors. What did uh, Marshawn Lynch say? Take care of your chickens and take care of your mentors. And that's for real, man. What you can do in your mind will far succeed what you can do physically because it's mind over matter. So if you know what to do, you don't have to be that physical guy. You know where you need to be. You don't have to be the fastest dude on the field. So that's, to me, the most intriguing part of the draft. Now, I just wanted to call in to say that Big Deuce had hit me up 
to make Demond into Kevin Hart, and I found some picture. I didn't even realize who the other dude was, but he was like two feet taller than Demond, man. And I just couldn't help but die laughing when I made that. And that was all for Big Deuce. Just shout out to you guys for everything you do for the nation, and thank you for taking our calls all the time. You guys have a great day. I appreciate you, Fargo. Good stuff right there. And that's the one thing I do know about Coach McDaniels and and, Coach, and Dave Ziegler is that they want intelligent players. We talked about it in great detail on yesterday's show. You heard uh, both McDaniels and Ziegler talk about it when they met with us on Tuesday. They got they got got to have guys that can get it done between the ears, right? Guys that can figure things out, uh, know the situation, just be smart football players. Yeah, you want guys that can fly around with their hair on fire, but you don't want them to make stupid mistakes at the end of games and shoot themselves in the foot. We see that over and over and over and over again when it comes to the silver and black, not just last year, but multiple years. And I know that that was a, a point of emphasis that we talked about quite a bit leading into last year's regular season that, oh, this is going to get cut down, this is going to get cut down. Well, for the most part, it didn't really get cut down. So, you know, they've got to find ways to cut that down. And the way to do that is get players that are more disciplined, guys that, uh, you know, know what they're supposed to be doing, smart about situations, don't make dumb mistakes. So, uh, Fargo, thank you so much for that call. do appreciate you. You can always uh, hit us up at uh, 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, got a text from the 707. Jack Campbell with the 37-and-a-half-inch vertical at 6'5 is insane. He's starting to give me Brian Erlacher vibes. I like Campbell. I do, and Vinny is why i got to give him a lot of credit. Vinny has been pounding the table for Jack Campbell for quite a while, and that's the thing about it. When all of a sudden you start hearing someone with a real uh, you know, conviction about a certain guy, that's when you start paying attention. Like, okay, so why is he so fired up about this guy? And then you start doing a little bit of research, and so he's a guy that uh, you know, he, he's, he's doing some things. And we actually had an opportunity to talk to him uh, yesterday, and we didn't get to it on the show. So we'll do it before we uh, wrap up the show today. You'll hear from uh, Jack Campbell, but he's also out there uh, doing some, some putting in work. Let's put it like that. He's putting in work right now at Lucas Oil Stadium. Another guy who's going to be putting in work, but he'll be putting in work tomorrow, and everyone is fired up about him, is Illinois cornerback. That's Devin Witherspoon. And the thing about him, the only reason that I even had an opportunity to catch up with him today is because he was the last dude. And it had been a long time. People had been standing in front of his podium, and he hadn't come out, hadn't come out. So everyone dispersed, and they left. And they thought everything was over, and he wasn't coming back. Then I saw someone tweet out, oh, he's on his way right now. So Vinny looked at me and was like, no way. That thing's got to be – it's long over. Because it was like 12 o'clock Eastern time when he was supposed to go out there. And I want to say it was about 2 o'clock Eastern time when he actually got there. And I said, I think it's happening, Vinny. Let me go over there and check. And I went over there, and sure enough, about five minutes after I got there, he came out. So it was only a handful of us that were there, and uh, we got some good, good stuff from Devin Witherspoon, Illinois cornerback. When you see your name on these draft boards out there, if you look at that or not, you see where you're going. How do you feel about that when you think about all the things you've been through, been through to get to you? I try not to focus on things like that, uh, but... You know, every now and then I get to see it because my mom is sending it to me. Um, it's just still a unreal moment at the moment. So it just, I'm just very proud of myself. Still got a lot of things I want to do, but I'm just very happy that I accomplished the things that I did. What has this draft process been like for you so far? Uh, it's been tough, you know, just the combine and just the workouts and stuff like that. But I know it all benefit in the end. Um, it's also been fun just knowing that I'm one of the top guys in the, in the NFL draft and just, I'm just trying to focus on how many teams have you met with? Uh, I think I met with a total of 17 teams already. Can you give us an example 
of how the combine is is hard? Uh, just just a lot of interviews, a lot of t- it's time consuming, um, but it's all worth it. So, when do you think it's going to set in, Devin? Like where you project, like this opportunity that's in front of you will be after the draft will be leading up. Like, what do you think it'll hit you? Um, well, I really don't know to be honest, but it'll hit me soon. Almost, um, I know the NFL draft's coming up, and after I finish pro day and things like that, it just it just started dawning on me then. Have you met with the Raiders yet? No, sir, I did not meet the Raiders yet. You got Nate Hobbs out there. Yeah, no, that's my <laughs> brother. Boy. Yeah, play with him in college, and that's my guy, so. Hey, Devin, could you describe, if you're bragging about yourself, describe yourself as a as a cornerback? Uh, I typically don't do things like that, though, but um, <laughs> I just know I'm saying I'm confident, um, I'm physical, I love the game of football. I'm smart. I love to study. Um, just try to get edge on my opponent. I'm just energetic. Just very passionate about what I do. What do teams tell you they like about you? Uh, just how physical I am. Just how I approach the game. They love the way I play. Um, they love how aggressive I am. But it's a couple things I need to work on as well, though. So yeah. yeah you came to a different coaching staff than the one you finished with. How much was, was that helpful for you? Uh, it helped me entirely just learning more about the game of football coach coach b broke it down to me in a way that i could understand it for myself uh, and it just helped me play faster on the field so really appreciate him for that is there some pr- uh, pride with you and sydney brown in the secondary showing up here what does that feel like uh it's just it's an unreal feeling for all of us um so because we've been playing with each other basically all our career um knowing knowing that what we went through and just Knowing how we came out on top this year, just feel good. Just, just know that we're here. Well, what do you think of the story of, of the twins, of Sydney and Chase running around here together? <laughs> nah, that story is gonna be fire, man. Um, just know, knowing those guys and playing on the same team as them, you can just understand the things that they've been through and just how they approach the game of football themselves. They're just, they're just real good, good, great group of guys. So, what teams have you met here formally with? Formally, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a couple of teams, huh? I don't remember that exact name, but it's been a lot of them. So. Are the Cowboys one of them by chance? Yes, sir. I just met with the Cowboys yes, last night. How'd that go? Did they have anything weird have you, to have you do? Nah, yeah, it's been, it went good. Um, they just asked me a couple of questions, but they love my they love the way I play. So, Any Bears interaction? Uh, yeah, I met with the Bears yesterday as well. You did? Okay. Yes, sir. Could you talk to us about how it's been to play for Coach Henry and also with Coach Walters? It's been real fun playing for those guys. Uh, they're real player-orientated. Orient, um, they just try to pour into the guys as much as they do on the field as well as off the field. Um, they just want to see us be great. Um, they just try to maximize our strength and just try to minimize our weaknesses. Um, they always going to push you to be your, do your best, but they just want you to be great on the football field. Did you meet with the Arizona Cardinals and how'd that go? Yes, sir, I remember that was my last meeting actually uh, last night. Um, it, it went very well. Coach Gannon? Yes, sir. They just they love my game as well, but uh, it just, it's just an unreal feeling to meet with those two. That team as well. Just this has been fun. And what's it say about Illinois to have three DBs here? Kirby last year. Obviously, what you guys have done. What, what kind of foundation or identity is being established defensive back wise? So. Um, we we just physical and we here to play. Um, we here to make our mark. And just everybody who doubted us, we just here to prove everybody wrong. So. What's the level of pride there? Because at one point you guys, I mean, you know the statistics from from years back. What's the point of pride to go from there to where you guys are now? Just continue to do what we was always doing this this past year. Just to be ourselves. Just. Show the world who we are. Yeah, but do you know what you're going to do on the draft day? You're going to be Kansas City. You're going to be home. What's your? Or do you know yet? I I don't. I haven't made a decision on that yet. So. 
Could you see going to the draft? I could see myself going to the draft, yes, sir. Have you traditionally watched the draft every year as kind of one of those things you always do? Uh, yes, sir. I've been watching the draft the past couple of years as well because I've got a lot of the guys that I play with in, into the draft, um, especially one of the guys that I grew up with last year, Mark Emerson Jr. You dropped to the Cleveland Browns, so it's just a real good feeling knowing that he got drafted and the things that he went through. Just it was just good seeing him get drafted. This is a great corner class, apparently. Have you got to hang out with any of those guys? Do you know some of those guys that are competing with you in the draft? Uh, I got the chance to hang out with some of those guys. We're working out together at Exos in Frisco, Texas. Um, this is a real good group of guys. Um, we always competitive, so we always try to push ourselves to be our best and. Anything we do, we just compete with each other. So it's just been real fun knowing me and those guys and just going and working out with them. But how do you sum up your story from a no-star recruit to standing here today for where you are? Just play with that chip on your shoulder. No matter how highly recruited you are, it doesn't matter. If you're a dog on the football field, they'll come find you. So. You're the best cornerback in the draft? Yeah, I'm the best cornerback in the draft. Who's the toughest receiver you faced? This year or in my career? Either. Yeah, in my career, my toughest receiver I faced was Rashad Bateman. Uh, from Minnesota, he was just a great receiver all around. When did you know? Like, when, when did it become clear? I guess what your draft stock was becoming. Was it during the season? Was it after? Like, when did you know? Like, oh, this is kind of where I'm at. Um, well, I wasn't get, wasn't getting any much buzz during the season um, until I found out I became a what is a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Um, I think that's when this thing started. You know, saying juice up a little bit, but um, it was wasn't until after the season where I started to boost up all the way up the draft. Hey, Devin, do you have, like, a favorite player that uh, growing up you idolized? Um, favorite player? Not really, but my favorite cornerback is Darrell Revis, so. What do you think your legacy is at Illinois? Um, just a guy who came from nothing and who just continued to work work his tail off throughout the years and just maturing and growing up, being that, just coming out on top, so. Your life is going to change here in the next month, right, forever. Right. When you think about those moments, not just walking on the stage, but, you know, the opportunity, the money, and everything else that's coming for you, like what, what comes to mind? Everything. Uh, just things that I've been through, um, the lifestyle I used to live, um, just helping my mom out. It's just a lot of things that plays into that. But right now I'm just continuing to focus on getting better. What's your time in Champaign mean to you? Uh, it means everything to me. Um, coming to the University of Illinois, uh, the history was like we haven't been winning for a long time, but we got a chance to change that around this year. So it just feels good. I'm glad I made the decision that I made. Yeah, I think you'll forever be remembered for that Wisconsin game. Like your first year, you made the tackle. Like, what do you remember about that moment and maybe how that propelled your confidence to? Uh, yeah, I remember everything about that moment. Uh, we was a man to man, but I ended up getting beat on the slam play. That's what many people don't know. I got beat on the slam play, but I just never gave up on a play and just made a made a tackle and give a defense another chance to make a stop. And those guys held my back, so I just shout out to them. Is there a certain receiver in the NFL you're looking forward to lining up against? All of them. I just love to take on the challenge. Do you have that mentality of cornerback mentality where you know you're going to get beat sometimes and you just got to put it away? Yeah, um, that's just a game of football. That's the game we play, so can't let a one play beat you more than once. So. What does the game of football mean to you? It means everything to me. After I we found a love for it again, um, I'm very passionate about what I do, so that's why you see me so energetic out there on the field. If you weren't playing football, what would you want? What would you be doing? I have no idea. <laughs> to me, I don't need enough. What do you mean, refound a love? Um, I actually played football when I was a little kid, Pop Warner. Um, but I stopped playing my seventh grade year, so um, I had hoop dreams, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> why go back? Um, my mom always wanted me to play one more year of football. Um, after I did my junior year of high school, I received my first scholarship offer from Troy University, and I just ran with it ever since. I just found a love for it.
Illinois hasn't had a top 10 pick in the draft since Simeon Rice in 96. What would mean to you to be the next guy there to get that opportunity? I don't know. It just, it's just good. It's just a good feeling knowing that I was one of the guys being drafted in the first round for a long time. Um, that just speaks to shows like what type of culture we're building there in Illinois. So, where's your confidence come from? It's always been in me. Um, I'm just confident, uh, confident in what I do. Um, I'm always a competitor, so I want to win everything I do. Did any of the teams have you doing like any interesting things during the meetings? I heard the Bears were doing mini golf. Were you, did they do anything with you? Nah, they ain't do nothing like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun though. Oh, um, nah, nah, I don't remember the team, but we was playing darts. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Uh, I think I beat him, though. I think I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. And I'll tell you, man, the other part of this that I really enjoy um, is is kind of hearing these guys talk. And, you know, they're, they're obviously going to be very careful what they're saying. They're not going to give you a whole lot of information. But you can still hear in a lot of these guys, like Devin Witherspoon, I mean, he just sounded like a big kid up there, right, just having a good time, knowing that, you know, his life was about to change, knowing that he's gone through adversity in his life. But – you know, he's fought through it, and now he's he's where he's at right now. And it's so funny. I don't know how many times, Damon, I ain't lying to you, that I was standing there listening to him talk or asking him questions, and I swore I was talking to my son. It felt like I was talking or listening to my son because that's how little Q answers a lot of questions. You know, like, hey, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, Dad. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just stuff like that, you know. And, oh, I, I had to, uh, you know, I had hoop dreams. You know, I'm going to be a baller. And it's funny, you know, when he says that he had hoop dreams. Devontae Adams had hoop dreams. Remember he was playing football, broke his arm, and was like, I ain't never doing that again, going to play basketball. And then he decided to go back to football, and, well, I think that was a good decision. Yeah, I like how he said, yeah, man, then I started back playing junior year, and I got a scholarship offer. Right. So just to be a natural. <laughs> right. Ain't played since middle school. Yeah, I'm must, good at Must this. be nice. Yeah, my mom wanted me to play one more year. Like, you know, like I, I found that to be funny. You know, like, oh, she wanted me to play one more year. Why one? <laughs> right? I mean, it was only one more year, but it was cool. Obviously, it paid off for him, but I I'll tell you what, man, I like him a lot. Uh, I like the fact that all those guys that come out of Illinois, you heard him say that, you know, they don't really – a lot of them are under-recruited, like Nate Hobbs. I mean, I mean, how, how quickly do we learn his story? They have that edge to them. They have that, they have that you know, that underdog mentality. They have that chip on the shoulder. And it's funny, after uh, I walked back to the table after talking to him, uh, you know, Vinny said, okay, what – what would you take away? What you know? What'd you think? I said, oh, he was great. He was fantastic. And I said he was very Nate Hobbs like without the without the extra edge that Nate Hobbs has. You know, when Nate talks, he's very he's not really laughing too much. He's just kind of you know he's he, he's he's it's almost a little guarded. You know, which is fine. You know, it's okay. Uh, again, I think Nate is fantastic. His his personality is his personality, uh, but he's very like just. Very, as a matter of fact, right? And then I got that same feeling from Devin as far as the chip on the shoulder, but he also at the same time was kind of just lighthearted at the same time, you know? But but you could tell that they're they're cut from similar cloths. Maybe not the exact same cloth, but similar. And with his physicality that he has, you want to talk about a dude that could really help that Patrick Graham defense, right? We were talking about... Uh, you know, maybe the Raiders want to make a move for a Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, you know what one of his best traits are that I like? This is his physicality, right? I mean, yeah, he makes plays on the ball. That's fine. That's good. You want that. You know, he's a, he's a really good cover corner, but 
the reason I thought he was going to be a, a, a great safety in the league is because he's so stinking physical. Right, I, I thought that that's what he was going to do coming out of college. I remember interviewing him at uh, right before the draft, and I and I asked him, and he's like, "I'll play any any position that they want me to. I prefer to play corner, but teams have talked to me about playing safety." And I was like, "Okay, that physicality he has, Devin has that as well. Would have no problem seeing him in the silver and black. Could you imagine him and Nate Hobbs playing playing uh, out there again uh, with each other as they both were uh, teammates at Illinois? I think that'd be." Really cool. 3.56 at a time. We have more sound from players coming up later in the show. We only got one more hour to go. I can't believe these times fly by like they do. Joining us to kick off hour number three is our guy, Brandon Cristal, KOA in Colorado, BK Denver Sports on Twitter if you're checking him out. Uh, he usually checks in. Last year he checked in at this time. He was here at the Combine and we were not, so he called us every single day to give us an update on the Combine. He's going to join us at the table. I think Vinny Bonsignor is going to uh, make his appearance back here as well. That's coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders.